Thank you for listening to this episode of the Restoration Church Podcast. Today's episode is part two of our Christmas series and is entitled, Why the Shepherds? Taken from Luke chapter two. We hope you enjoy. Good morning. Good to see you. Have a seat. Make yourself comfortable. Good to have you. Merry Christmas. It's on its way. Woohoo! Um, we're glad you're here. If you're joining us as a guest, we're especially glad you're here. If you're joining us online for the first time, thanks for checking us out. Uh, we exist to make disciples. That's what we gather here on Sunday mornings to do, make disciples, right? Disciples love Jesus. They live on mission with Jesus. They're being changed by Jesus and his word and his spirit. And then they're going out and they're teaching what God is doing in their life to other people. And that's our vision here. And I just want to take a second this morning and celebrate some wins, right? I mean, like, when, when, you're, when you're in the middle of a church plant... The, the overwhelming nature of a church plant can be overwhelming, right? And it can be kind of discouraging unless you celebrate the wins. And so I just want to tell you some things that might not, everybody might not know are happening among us, but I want us to all be on board and to celebrate it with our hearts, okay? And the first thing is that uh, several weeks ago in this room, a bunch of you ladies got together and shared a women's event. Do you remember that? Yes. And it really impacted a lot of your hearts, and you really enjoyed the, the afternoon and had a great lunch, and... It was a wonderful event here. But do you know that you are not the only ones represented? You know that, right? There were two other churches represented in this room, right? So we have unity among other churches happening at Restoration. That's a big deal. Cooperation among churches, right? It happened. And then on top of that, this past week, Rebecca got to take this special women's event to another church and help host another event for another set of ladies, right, to impact their year impact their review of their life and what God is doing. And so what we're doing here is moving out into our community and serving other members of the body of Christ and other churches. So praise God. That's a win, right? Amen. That's a win. All right. The second thing is, please clap a lot, okay? Because if you're, me and you are the only ones clapping, then we'll be on, we're, it'll, it'll sound loud on the court recording, okay? So just, all right. Um, second win, death groups are impacting people outside of our congregation, outside of our family. Like we have our family that meets on Sundays, and we have our missional family group, and some people attend differently, but in our depth groups, in the core of what we are, pursuing intimacy with Christ and others, we have multiple churches represented across the board in our depth groups. People are joining us to pursue Christ together that don't come here. That's awesome. That's great. That's part of the mission, right? There you go. We're winning. We're winning. And it's slow, and it's a small number, but it is it's starting to snowball, starting to move. Um, as a matter of fact, the death group thing is taking off in such a cool way, our brother Ryan has started one at his job, right? That's awesome. He took what he was learning here, and he went to work, and he found two men, and he said, hey, let's get together weekly and study scripture together and encourage one another and pray for one another. And then we've experienced the fruit of that multiplication because we've been praying for Marco and his dad, right? We never would have known about Marco and his dad unless Ryan would have taken what, he, what God was doing and multiplied it in his workplace. So that's a victory. We praise God for that. Last, uh, secondly, uh, thirdly, sorry, fourthly, fourthly. Um, is fourthly a word? Yes. It is today. All right. Uh, fourth, uh, the vast majority of us are living generously, right? You are giving generously to this church. And if you're not giving generously or you are giving generously, regardless, everyone in here is giving in some way in service, right? I cannot think of a single person that comes and sits. Everyone is serving. And that is a victory. No, you serve it. I can, I can name a way that you serve us. Um, we're all serving. We're all giving, right? Whether it's helping set up, tear down, um, 
put chairs together, do hospitality, host a group. Everybody's serving, and we're all giving, and that's huge for a congregation to be serving and giving. So thank you for that. And then most excitingly, just kidding, this is the last thing. One of our missional family groups, which currently is our only missional family group, right? But we want to see hopefully next year there will be multiple missional family groups. This Saturday is hosting their first outreach to their friends, right? Their first movement out into their community to reach people that are disconnected with Christ. That's a huge victory, right? Because we're not just getting together and talking about what we want to do on missions. There's a family group living on mission at a Christmas party. And I think we're all invited, right? So, like, Saturday at the Andersons, they're going to host it. We're going to have people that don't go to this church that we don't even know. And we're going to get an opportunity. That they, this missional family group has gotten together and designed a venue where we can get together and meet people in a non-threatening way, build some relationships, make new friendships, create new relationships, take people out to coffee. That's awesome. That's what the whole goal of this party is. So I want to say thank you to everyone for the positive things that are going on, and I want to celebrate the things that are going on well, because what you celebrate, you replicate, right? If you celebrate, you replicate. I want, I want us to replicate this. I want missional family groups to grow and to move. I want depth groups to grow and to multiply, and I want the, our impact in the community of faith in Durham, not just in our church, but in the community of faith across the board, across multiple churches, for us to cooperate with other congregations and to serve the name of Jesus and to serve the body of Christ. So... Thank you. We're moving forward. One step, one mission, one depth group, one, one outreach at a time. We're moving forward. So let's keep moving. All right. There we go. We celebrated. We're all going to clap together. Ready? Yeah. All right. Here we go. All right. Cool. Um, this month we're taking a break from Matthew and our study of Matthew, and we're looking at specific characters in the Christmas story. And through these characters, God is teaching us something interesting about himself or about us. Right? And so last week we looked at angels. And we saw that angels, their main job is to do what? Point people to Jesus. Right? It's never about themselves. They don't accept worship. They are messengers created by Jesus, for Jesus, that benefit us, that serve us as the body of Christ. But ultimately their whole mission in the world is to take us to the feet of Jesus. Right? And so they came to these shepherds in the field and they announced the birth of Christ and they proclaimed a declaration of war against sin and death, right? And the, the army of angels gathered around and chanted that, that battle cry, glory to God in the highest heaven, glory to God in the highest heaven. And we saw that what the angels did was pretty amazing. But today we're going we're gonna to talk about the shepherds. And the, the key thing I want you to ask is, why shepherds? Out of all the people on the face of the planet, why shepherds? And then get even more specific. Why these shepherds? Why the shepherds from Bethlehem? I mean, he used the star to, to, to talk to people in Iran, right? I mean, like basically in, in Babylon. But why these shepherds in Bethlehem? And today uh, we're going to hear why these guys, we're going to learn four reasons why God used these shepherds to proclaim the greatest birth announcement in history, right? Why did they get the most exclusive invitation to come and see Nobody else was invited to the manger, right, but the shepherds. Why did they get this invitation? What was successful about it? So we're going to see four reasons, okay? And uh, you should have some stuff in there. It should say, why the shepherds? And you should be able to click it through. So here are the four reasons. Are you ready? God, why shepherds? God used these shepherds because through the shepherds, God demonstrated his love for all the people, for all people. Through these shepherds, God demonstrated his desire for us to respond in faith. That's number two. Number three, through the shepherds, God demonstrated his glory. 
And then lastly, and this is the coolest point, and we have to save the best for last, right? Through the shepherds, God demonstrated his sovereignty. His sovereignty. Okay. Read the text with me. If you have your Bibles, Luke 2, we're going 8 through um, 18. 8 through 18. Uh, if you have your phone, pull out your Bible app. If you don't have your Bible, look at somebody else. Say, hey, can I borrow your Bible? Let's read this together. Okay. Luke 2, 8 through 18. And there were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night. I am intentionally enunciating certain things. Pay attention to what we're here listening to here, right? An angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, Do not be afraid. I bring you good news, which will cause great joy for all the people. Today in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is the Messiah. He is the Lord. And this will be a sign to you. You will find the babe wrapped in swaddling clothes and lying in a manger. And when the angel had left them and gone into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let's go. Let's go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has told us about. So they hurried off and found Mary and Joseph and the baby who was lying in the manger. And when they had seen him, they spread the word concerning what had been told about his, this child. And all who heard it were amazed at what the shepherds had said to them. Why these shepherds? Because through them, God demonstrated his love for all people. To see this, you've got to understand shepherds. You gotta understand like where they come from in the class. And I mean if you've been in church at any time and you've ever heard a sermon on shepherds, you know shepherds are not the most loved people, right? As a matter of fact, they were the most despised among people, and uh, they were uneducated mostly, right? They lived out in the fields. This this one right here in verse 8 says they were living in their fields. They weren't hanging out, they were living in the fields with sheep. Um, because they were living with sheep, they probably smelled like sheep. sheep. Sheep don't smell good. Um, unless they're cleaned up and they didn't have downy all over them. But, I mean, sheep don't smell good, right? So um, they, they were living with the sheep out in the field. They're away from the city life. They're away from the metropolitan idea. They probably didn't have the best table manners on the face of the planet, right? Uh, as a matter of fact, they were so despised in the culture. They were from the base elements of the culture. You know, you didn't grow up aspiring to be a shepherd, right? It wasn't you're like, woo I want to be a shepherd. That was like you kind of became a shepherd. Um, they weren't important. Not politically, personally, or economically. They had so little trust instilled in them that their testimony was not even valid in court. Right? It didn't matter what they saw, you couldn't use a shepherd as a witness. They were, their, their, their word was worthless. So it makes us think, why these shepherds? Why would God announce the birth of the Savior to the shepherds whose, whose, whose testimony is not even valid in court? It's not even trusted. They are on par with the gypsies, the vagrants, and the con men. That's, that's what their standard is. Only people lower than them were... Sheep. <laughs> if the sheep were people, yes. Not, they, the only people lower than them were lepers. Lepers. That was the, lo that was the lowest of society because they had to be outside of the city. and they were, they were, But the only people lower than shepherds were lepers. Um, they smelled like sheep, slept on the ground. They didn't earn much money. To put this in modern terms... These are not the kind of guys you want your girls, your daughters bringing home from college and saying, we're getting married. Right? I mean, they're, they're like, 
They're not the ones you dream for to become family members. Yet, God chose them. These low, disrespected, smelly shepherds. Despised in society. And I believe he did this to demonstrate that his love, his, his message, his gospel was for every person on the face of the planet. Right? I bet if the lepers could have walked and not made Jesus sick, he would have told the lepers. <laughs> right? I mean, like, if he, if, I mean, he would have told them to go. But th that, was the, that was the lowest. So he chose the shepherds because he wanted to demonstrate to the whole world, I'm not a respecter of persons. I don't show more respect to the kings than I do to the hourly wage earners. I don't, I don't care if you're a garbage man or a brain surgeon, a Wall Street executive or a school janitor. I don't care who you are, what your status in life is. You're all in the same playing field, and you all get the same love. God's, love was, God's son was sent for us to demonstrate this love and for our joy. Look at verse 10. The angel said, do not be afraid. I bring you good news, which will cause great joy to all the people. To all the people. God sent his love. God, sorry, God sent his son as a demonstration of his love for the joy of all people. So, you might be thinking, if God is even aware that I exist, he probably doesn't have a very favorable opinion of me. There are a lot of people in our world that think that way. That if there is a God, let's say there is one. Let's say he's there. You just don't know how bad I am, how far I've fallen. He probably doesn't even love me. But no matter how insignificant you may think you are, God knows who you are, and God wants you to know you're important to him. The Apostle Paul Right? He classified himself as the worst of the worst. Right? The worst of sinners. I am the, the chief of all sinners. That, that's a heck of a title to bestow upon yourself. Right? I'm the chief of all sinners. And in 1 Corinthians 26 and 20, 28, he says this. Consider your calling, brothers. Not many of you were wise according to worldly standards. Not many powerful. Not many were of noble birth. But God chose what is foolish in the world to shame the wise. God chose what is weak in the world to shame the strong. God chose what is low and despised in the world, even things that are not, to bring to nothing things that are, so that no human being, no human being might boast in the presence of God. When the glory of Jesus' birth was announced, it was announced to shepherds to remind us that our God, our great shepherd, loves us. So the message for us is in the shepherds. The first one is simple, this. Um, you're not too low, you're not too insignificant, too unimportant, too powerless, too forgotten, or anything. You're not too anything for God not to love you, to search for you, to find you, and want to bring you back to him. Jesus used the shepherds to illustrate this because shepherds in their day were known to be a little crazy, right? I mean, if the wolf came prowling into the field, what'd they do? They didn't run away. They were crazy. They ran after it. They went in a fight with the bears. They went to kill them. You know what I mean? Like they had to protect sheep. And often they were protecting sheep that weren't even theirs. So they were crazy. But God is crazier. God is crazy about you. God is way, way more crazy than shepherds. He was the good shepherd. He was the one that came out of glory and became a baby to die for you and for me. God used shepherds. Why did he use shepherds? He used shepherds that, because despite me, despite you, despite whatever we lack or whatever we bring to the table, he's crazy about us. 
and he longs to have us in his presence. He will not leave us or forsake us, no matter how far we fall, no matter how many times we run away. He will leave the 99 and come searching for us, because he's a good shepherd. Why shepherds? Because through them he demonstrated his love for all people. Why the shepherds? Number two, because through them God demonstrated his desire for a faith response. A desire for a faith response. So after their initial and very understandable fear, right, they responded in faith. They believed what the angel said. They immediately and with great haste went to Bethlehem and found the baby Jesus. Right? They responded in faith. And this is the example to us. Look at verse 15. When the angels had left them and gone into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let's go to Bethlehem and to see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has told us about. So they hurried off and found Joseph and Mary and the baby who was lying in the manger. They could have had a lot of different responses to this heavenly experience, this angelic um, display of God's glory. They could easily have said, uh, that didn't just happen. <laughs> I must have fallen and hit my head. It was a hallucination. That did not just happen. And all of them looked at each other like, well, I saw the same thing. They're like, yeah, 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 but we'd all hit our head at the same time, and then we had been talking about crazy angels, and it's probably just, it was a hallucination. They could have made up different excuses to dismiss it. I mean, like, can you imagine the conversation? The angels are there, and they're all terrified, and, um, and then the angels disappear, and they're like, hey, Stephen, where'd you get the mushrooms that were on the salad tonight? <laughs> you know, like, I don't, I'm not sure those were, <laughs> not sure you got those at the market. Those might that little hallucinogenic, like, and they, we're not, we're not going to have salad anymore. No veggies for us. They, they might have said, no, 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 no. It was the, it was the alcohol. <laughs> That, old, that wine skin was really old, and it was really good, really good wine. And that was, I just saw a lot of angels. <laughs> it was really cool. <laughs> you know, they, they could have made up excuses as to why they hallucinated this vision. They could have uh, explained it away, right? There, there might have been a one educated angel there that was like, no, 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 no. What we saw in the atmosphere were not angels and not the glory of God. It was a solar flare that ignited gases in the third layer of the atmosphere that exploded the sky that made it look like the sun. And it was so bright that we didn't see Roger come and tell us, you know, Roger the lunatic, the city crazy person. He was coming out and talking about Jesus's being born. And we, we don't, it, it was, what you saw, you didn't really see. There's a, there's a scientific explanation for it. There, you know, the, the gases and solar flares and, and quantum physics and you know, dark matter. It, 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 there's an explanation. Sometimes we do that, right? If we don't understand it, try to explain it away. They could have ignored it. Well, that was interesting. So what are we doing tomorrow? I don't know. You know I mean, they could have ignored it. Just let it go. They could have debated it and talked about it. And they could have said, well, was that Michael or was that Gabriel or was it another angel? I don't know. Let's, let's sit and talk about this. And they could have talked and talked and talked and reasoned and talked and talked and talked themselves right out of action. They even could have rejected it. They could have said, it's not for me. This king sounds a little flaky. Uh, I, got, I got the sheep out here. There's been a lot of wolf sightings. I don't really want to risk them. You know, the guy who owns these things, he's kind of hard, so I don't, don't want to could have rejected it. It's not for me. They could have been like, there's more of grave than of gravy. There are more of gravy than of grave about the, you know, no, okay. Bad Scrooge reference. No? Christmas Carol? No? Uh, no? Okay. Well, we tried. Okay. Um, 
But despite all their bad illustrations <laughs> and their bad, their, their non-excuses, what did they do? They responded with something simple, faith. And we know they responded with faith because of their language. It's evident in their language. They didn't say, let's go to Bethlehem and see if this has happened. They said, let's go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened. It's their language. They believed God's word to them. God gave them a message. They believed what it said, and then they acted on it. They moved. They got up off their keisters in the field. They left their sheep, and then with haste, in a hurry, they went to Bethlehem that night. They didn't say, well, you know, I don't really know his parents, and I'm kind of an introvert. I don't feel comfortable in large situations. I mean, they just had a baby, so we kind of want to give them some space. You know? No, God said, go and see the baby, and they got up, and they went and saw the baby. They didn't create their scenario. They responded in faith. It, was, it wasn't life. It wasn't like, let's go investigate and see if it's true. It had happened. We believe it's happened. We're going to move. But the truth that Jesus was born for us is useless, right? It's useless unless this child is born in our hearts, in our life, in our soul, right? You can hear the story of Christmas over and over and over again. You get fuzzy feelings about it. You can look at the manger and say, oh, well, that's cute. Oh, this nice family. It's so sad they got kicked out of the inn. You know, we can, we can have sentimental feelings about Christmas. And ultimately what that does is makes the message of the gospel a mockery to what the history was. Right? It makes it a mockery. Because we can, we can see what the angels saw in the creator becoming flesh. We can see what the shepherd saw with the display of glory in the sky. We can see what the shepherd saw over and over and over and over again. A thousand times, a thousand times, a thousand, like it's Groundhog's Day. Another movie reference? Nobody got that? Oh, wow, this is really sad. Okay, well, all right, two people. All right, like, I mean, like, over and over again. My, my comedy is right on today. My delivery is there, right? So um, over and over again, you see it. But unless it happens in us, unless our faith moves us towards Christ and calls him Lord, we're eternally lost. The Christmas story is nothing but a story. It's a fairy tale to tell your kids. It's a reason to pull out lights and fall out of the attic or fall off a ladder or putting up an icicle light. You know, it's, there's a reason to risk injury and death and peril. It's not any reason to, for your life to be changed unless Christ is born in your life. We, like the shepherds, we have to respond to what God has said in this story. Right? This is God's word to us. The shepherds received it from the angels. We receive it from Luke who did the research and studied it, right? And, and he went and he asked the questions, what happened? What's the historical account? He wrote it down for us, and we have to respond to it in faith. We have to move towards Christ. We have to call him the king of heaven. We have to believe that he was born in the manger. We have to move towards him in faith. We have to name him alone, Lord and Savior of our lives. And then we are saved from sin and death. But until we respond in faith, it's useless. So why shepherds? Why these shepherds? Because through them, God showed us what faith looks like. Faith moves with, with haste. Faith believes the word of God. Faith calls Jesus Lord. So why shepherds? Number three, because through them, God demonstrates his glory. Demonstrates his glory. So we know who the shepherds were, right? Lowest rung of society. We know, we know that their, their own testimony would not even be accepted. Why would he choose people whose word is worthless to go proclaim to the rest of the nations that the king was born? All right? Let's talk about that. Two reasons. One, because of where they were. Two, because of what they were doing. Right? He chose these guys because of where they were and what they were doing. Where were they? Well, they were in Bethlehem, right? 
I think it's safe to say that if we decided to plan the birth of the king of the universe, we probably would have planned it a little different, right? I mean, we got a, a committee together, and we'd say, where is the one place in all of history where CNN and NBC and Fox and everybody would want to be at with their cameras set up, and it would be like the most miraculous thing, right? And if we were back then, we'd say, at the temple, right? Mary and Joseph would have been ushered into the Holy of Holies, and they wouldn't have died because Jesus was in there. And, and the Christ child would have been born, and, the, and the, the high priest would have gone in behind the curtain, and they'd have pulled the veil back, and Jesus would have come out, and he'd been like, No! All right, that was good. All right. And um, they'd have presented the Christ child, and, and then the trumpets would have gone off. And all the animals would have bowed down, and the, the flags would have waved, and women would have danced, and symbols, and I mean, it would have been crazy hoopla, right? And then Jesus would have been ushered over to his palace, and the palace guard would have been surrounding him, and around him would have been angels, right? And then, like, and this guy would have been perfectly protected, and he would have been brought up as this wealthy ruler, right? He had gone to the greatest schools and learned the, the best languages. And he, would, and he would have just ascended to his throne as the ultimate warrior and the ultimate king. And everyone in the world would have been circumcised and bowed down to the nation of Israel. Right? We would have planned it a little differently. And through all the pomp and circumstance, through all the ceremonies, through all the history, we would have robbed God of his glory. Because we'd start stealing it from him. I was there. I, 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 got to, I got to clean up the, 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 the birthing area. Oh, I, I got, oh, yeah, I got to wave a flag. I, I, I. It would have been all about us. So why did God choose shepherds? Because there's not a chance in the world they could have stolen an ounce of his glory. They couldn't have taken anything from him. They were the lowest of the low. So he told them, guys... You're in the right place at the right time. You're in Bethlehem, the small little insignificant city. And we, he wasn't even born in a palace. He wasn't even born in an inn, right? He got relegated to the stable. Go to the stable and check out what I've done and then go tell everybody. And that's what they did, right? They got up. They responded to faith. They went. They saw Jesus. They hung out there, and they were like, wow, this is crazy. And they told Mary all the things the angel had said. And Mary and Joseph were probably like, yeah, you should have heard what they told us. And then the baby was like, okay, um, well, he's going to sleep. He's going to take a nap. Okay, we're going to go tell everybody. And they went and they told everybody. And what was everybody's response? They were amazed because God had become flesh, because God had moved, because God had brought the Christ child into existence, not because man stole glory from the Father. John Piper puts it like this. God chooses something small, quiet, and out of the way to do something there that changes the course of history and eternity. Because when he acts in this way, we can't boast in the merits or achievements of man, but only in the glorious mercies of God. We can't say, well, of course he set his favor on Bethlehem. Look at the human glory Bethlehem has achieved. All we can say is God is wonderfully free and beautiful. He's not impressed with our bigness. He does nothing in order to attract attention to our accomplishments. He does everything to magnify his glory, his glorious freedom and mercy. The deepest meaning of the littleness and insignificance of Bethlehem and these shepherds is that God does not bestow the blessing of the Messiah, the blessing of salvation, on the basis of their greatness or their merit of achievement. 
He does not elect cities or people because of their prominence or grandeur or distinction. When he chooses, he chooses freely in order to magnify the glory of his own mercy, not the glory of our distinctions. So let us say with the angels, glory to God in the highest heaven. Not glory to us. We get the joy. He gets the glory. God used the shepherds because they were near Bethlehem, where they were, and because they couldn't still announce of his glory. Why shepherds? Because through them, he demonstrated his glory. Why shepherds? Number four. Because through them, he demonstrates his sovereignty. And through his sovereignty. So to get to sovereignty, to see this demonstration, we have to move from the stable to the cross. Right? We've got to go to the cross. Because the cross is the pivotal moment of all history, right? I mean, it was, it was when everything turned. Everything changed at the cross. And that was the ultimate display of sovereignty. And um, early on in our church history, we talked about the star of Bethlehem and how God had arranged the heavens to right, start at the birth of Christ. And then crazy, awesome things happened in the heavens on the day of the crucifixion. And we see that God sovereignly controlled the heavens. We know he sovereignly controlled time. Why these shepherds? Because God had sovereignly chosen them for a specific reason. But to get there, we've got to go through a different character, a different character in the text. And it's one that we probably easily move over. We don't think about it a lot. We just skip. So um, what I'm about to show you, it, it doesn't take a seminary degree to get to. Okay? It, it just takes a commitment to study the text. And so when I was learning, when someone was discipling me, they were teaching me how to learn the text, they said, when you, you take a text of Scripture and you want to really get into it, then you need to break the words up, right? Take the English and break it up. It's a pretty good translation from the, the Greek and the Hebrew. Get one of those and then break it up. So write out all the nouns, right? And then all the verbs and then all the adverbs and all the prepositions and all the adjectives, right? Write them out, like list them. And then ask questions about every word because God's word is intentional. Why did he choose that word? Why is that there? It's, an, it's important. It's not just... It's not just there. It's, it's important. So, let's go through the very first, verse 8. Everybody find verse 8. Let's find all the nouns. And we're going to find the characters here. Right? There's some characters. Um, there were shepherds living in the fields, keeping watch over their flocks at night. Is night a noun? <laughs> Is the dangling participle? I don't even know. All right. I, I, Jane, am I speaking your heart language? We're getting into I mean, like we're getting into it, right? Okay. So, um, keeping watch over their flocks at night. So we got four nouns, right? And then we do our, our, our verbs. What are they doing? They were, right? They are to be. They are were. And they're living. And they're um, watching, right? They're, they're, huh? They're keeping, you're keeping watch, Okay. Uh, and, they're, and they're at night. So they're living, they're watching, and they are there. All right, sweet. So let's just stop at the four nouns and find some characters, right? We skip over them, right? Let's name the characters of Christmas story. We got shepherds, we got angels, we got Mary, we got Joseph, we got who? Jesus. Jesus. There you go. Don't forget him. He's kind of important. He's kind of, <laughs> kind of the main thing. All right, any other ones? Huh? Sheep. sheep. We got sheep. How many times? When you read the Christmas story, do you think about the sheep? 
These sheep are incredibly important. I told you, God chose these shepherds because of where they were and what they were doing. They weren't just any shepherds. These were incredibly significant sheep. Right? Any other, you know this? This is cool. All right. Those shepherds were doing something in that field that night. And this is basically what they were doing. They were just acting as big, huge billboards to display God's sovereignty. Right? God had put them outside at night, not inside the stable. In this field, this is a very significant field, so that they could, be, they could hear the witness of the angels, and then from the witness of the angels go and proclaim the birth of Christ. God's sovereignty. Right? Why Bethlehem? Why shepherds? Why sheep? For centuries, centuries, this field was significant. This field near Bethlehem was the field of David. Right? This is where David kept watch over his flocks. He was, it was the city of David. It came from there, Bethlehem, the city of David. This were his, these were his fields. Right? And somewhere deep in Jewish tradition, recorded in the, the, um, the Mishnah, which is the oral Torah, Right? As, as the Jewish people were moving through time, they, they couldn't always write things down. Some they were conquered, they were moved into exile, whatever. So the rabbis would speak the oral Torah, they, the oral traditions and the stories of God. They, and so and then it got written down in the Mishnah. Deep in that, they believed that the Messiah, the anointed one, the Christ child, right? The, the one come to save the world would be revealed from the Magdal Eder. Anybody know what the Magdal Eder is? Okay, this is so cool. This is why it's important. you got to look at the nouns, right? It literally is, it, it translates the tower of the flock. The tower of the flock. And this tower was on the road right outside of Bethlehem, headed to Jerusalem. Where were the shepherds at night? Nearby. Right? Nearby where? Bethlehem. In this, this special area, this shepherding flock area, or in, this, in this field near the McDowell Eder, where the Messiah would be proclaimed from. And what happened in this field? The angels came and they proclaimed, unto you a child is born, a savior, the Messiah, the Lord. This tradition came from Micah 4.8. Micah 4.8 says, As for you, watchtower of the flock, stronghold of daughter Zion, the former dominion will be restored to you. Kingship will come to the daughter Jerusalem. Kingship will come to daughter Jerusalem from this. So the, 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 uh, the rabbis, the priests, reading the Old Testament prophecies from Micah say this is the tower, and from this tower the Messiah will be proclaimed. God is sovereign. Okay? This is really cool. Yeah, it's next to, it's next to Bethlehem. From this tower, the pro proclamation from the angels, the Messiah is born. But what about these sheep? Why is it so exciting? Why did God choose shepherds? Of all the world, why did God choose shepherds? Why did he not go knock on the door of the innkeeper with an angel and be like, hey man, just to let you know, you blew this one. You know, like, you, you should have let him in because that's the savior of the world. So if you want to come see him, come check it out. You know, why not the innkeeper? innkeeper? Why not go to the carpenters? His dad was a carpenter. Why not go to the carpenters and be like, guess what? Your homie Joseph is having a baby and he's pretty cool. He's going to be the savior of the world. Why shepherds? Because these were special sheep. These sheep in this field were bred for a very special purpose. They were the Passover sheep. 
They were the sheep bred for the Passover celebration. And they were picked. The sheep was picked. The perfect, unblemished lamb was picked from these sheep, specifically bred and kept, and fed and watched and nurtured and kept watch over by night for the Passover. So that through those sheep, the priests would come and pick the one that they would, they would sacrifice and demonstrate the love of God passing over the people's sins. Right? Remember, it comes from Exodus. They would have to kill a lamb. They spread the blood over their doorposts, which kind of makes a what? It's amazing. Right? And, and then this angel of death would come where he'd see the, the blood of the lamb. He'd pass over them. And they, would, they wouldn't be, their, their firstborn wouldn't be killed. And then they were commanded as they left Egypt to celebrate that year in and year out. And so they had special sheep and a special pastor near the city of David where shepherds watched over them and they picked the Passover lamb. Why sheep? I mean, why shepherds? Because who in the world would care more about the birth announcement of a lamb than shepherds? Who in the world would care more about a lamb being born than shepherds? And not being born in the field, being born in a stable where lambs are born. Not born in a palace, not born in an inn, born in a stable where lambs are born. John 1, 29. The next day, John saw Jesus coming. He was coming towards him and he said, Look! The Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. Revelation 5. If I start crying, I'm sorry, but this is beautiful. Then I saw a lamb looking as if he had been slain, standing at the center of the throne encircled by the four living creatures from the elders. And the lamb had seven horns and seven eyes, which were the seven spirits God sent out into all the earth. And he went and he took the scroll from the right hand of him who sat on the throne. And when he had taken it, the four living creatures and the elders fell down before the lamb. And each one had a harp. And they were holding golden bowls full of incense, which were the prayers of God's people. And they sang a new song, saying, You are worthy to take the scroll and open the seals, because you were slain. With your blood you purchased for God persons from every tribe and every language and people and nation. You have made them to be a kingdom and a priest to serve our God, and they will reign on the earth. And then I looked, and I heard the voice of many angels and 10,000 times 10,000. And they circled the throne with the living creatures and the elders. In a loud voice they were saying, Worthy is the Lamb who was slain to receive power and wealth and wisdom and honor and glory and praise. How fitting that Mary's little Lamb, God's perfect Lamb, God's perfect Passover Lamb, the final Passover lamb was born that night and it was announced to shepherds in Bethlehem where in Micah 5 he had already prophesied from you O Bethlehem the least among the tribes of Judah will be born a king how fitting that the sovereign God would announce this prophecy of the birth in this place and in those fields how fitting that the lamb who was slain before the foundations of the earth for the forgiveness of sins was born in a stable where lambs are supposed to be born. Man, what a wonderful Savior we have in this little lamb. The Son of God born at first Christmas night. What a wonderful God we have. A sovereign, glorious God. 
That through the lowly, he demonstrated his love for all people. That he demonstrated his glory. He demonstrated his sovereignty. And he demonstrated us our proper response. Faith. Faith in the Lamb that takes away the sins of all the world. Jesus came as he did, born of a virgin, to do, to be what he was, sinless. And he was what he was, sinless, to do what he did, die for our sins. And he died for our sins so that he being who and what he was might make us what we could never be on our own, children of God. He was a special lamb, a slain lamb, a saving lamb, Christ the Passover lamb. Why shepherds? Because a lamb was born. So, we're going to have a time of communion. And uh, the communion, we remember the cross, right? We look at the cross, but today I want us to also remember the birth. The birth of the lamb that had to go to that cross. What he did for us on that night. Not, not the night of the cross, not, not the night where he sacrificed his life and was laid in the grave. What he did when he came off of glory... To the manger. When the Passover lamb was born. At the supper, the last supper with his disciples, he gave us two signs, right? And they're recorded in 1 Corinthians 11, 23-26. Todd, will you join me, man? For I received from the Lord what I also pass on to you, that for the, for the Lord, for on the night the Lord Jesus, when he was betrayed, took bread, and when he had given thanks, he broke it. And he said, this is my body, which is broken for you. In the same way, after that supper, he took the cup. And he said, this is the cup of the new covenant in my blood. Drink this. And whenever you do, do it in remembrance of me. For whenever you eat this bread and you drink this cup, you proclaim the death of Christ until he comes. So, this is an open table. If you made a confession of faith that Christ is your Lord, you are welcome to come. And we're going to do it during this worship song. So as the Lord leads you, come and, and, and take the elements. Remember the cross. Remember the manger. Remember the lamb. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Restoration Church Podcast. If you'd like to hear other messages or learn more about our church, please visit us at www.restorationchurch.us or check us out on Facebook at RestorationDCH.